0: This episode is
1: sponsored by Calm and by Feels. The tech business, more than any other industry today, is known for its founders and executives. In previous eras, guys like Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, John D. Rockefeller, and William Randolph Hearst were as rich as they were well-known, but these days, those names have been replaced by names like Bezos, Musk, Zuckerberg, And can you name the CEO of General Motors, AT&T, ExxonMobil? No, you can't. (laughs) Or probably not. But you can almost certainly name the founder and CEO of Twitter.com, Jack Dorsey, who,
0: update, announced this week that he is stepping away from the company that he founded 16 years ago. This is actually the second time that Dorsey has left Twitter. After co-founding the company in 2006, he left in 2008 to start the mobile payments company Square while remaining as chairman of Twitter's board. Uh, But then he returned as CEO in 2015, and he's actually been CEO of both Square and Twitter for the last six years, which is kind of nuts. We've talked about people using work from home to secretly double dip two jobs at once. But Jack Dorsey was openly running two completely separate companies at the same time, and both companies were okay with this, and both companies were... Uh, rising and growing extremely fast, yeah. You look at this guy, you're like, Him, really? But well, and that's why you know uh, the names that you know are because, and even the names from like Henry Ford, Rockefeller, they all uh, put themselves out there on purpose, whether it was because they were eccentric Mm -hmm. or narcissistic. So, the reason that you don't know someone like the CEO of ExxonMobil is because it's in their best interest for people to not know who the fuck they are. Yeah. That's much better for business in a lot of scenarios. But with tech, it's like, oh, Steve Jobs and, and, uh, and, uh, Bill Gates, they blazed the trail of being like, the company needs a figurehead. Yeah. And so that we're seeing just the replication of that.
1: Yeah. so It's all part of the same lineage. Yeah. Uh, but what's even more notable about Jack Dorsey than the fact that he had two jobs <laughs> is the fact that Jack Dorsey is a really weird dude. Yeah. Like, uh, compare Jack to Mark Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos, two guys who have tried to cultivate the most normy personas possible and just really leaned into being the faces of their companies. Meanwhile, Jack Dorsey has spent the last few years looking like Rasputin. Yeah. He barely ever even uses his own company's platform to share his thoughts on anything. And his few public appearances on behalf of his companies have been congressional hearings where he just clearly does not give a shit and probably would much rather be engaging in his other hobbies, which include meditating for hours at a time, eating only one meal a day, micro-dosing on LSD, and dating a long string of very attractive women that's almost on par with Pete Davidson. He's yeah. the tech world's Pete Davidson.
0: Yeah, and... Yeah, yeah really? That's what... When you look at someone like Zuckerberg and you're like, you can tell... He is trying so hard to be to act normal or look normal or be perceived as normal. Jack doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He is what everyone probably would be if they had a billion dollars. Just a fucking weirdo who travels and meditates. Yeah. Jack, you got a you got a, a investor call. Man. Oh God. Ugh. Oh, shit. So, uh, but hey, there's nothing wrong with being eccentric if you're really good at your job, though it's hard to tell if that's even the case. Yeah, I mean, Twitter's always been kind of a huge mess. And for a long time, extremism and harassment ran wild on there with little to no TOS enforcement. Also, Dorsey's resignation letter is really vague about his reasons for leaving Twitter, but his job has apparently been at risk for a while, ever since a hedge fund called Elliott Management Corp. God damn it. Yeah. You're bringing NFTs to Twitter. Thanks, yeah, Elliott. Yeah. Uh, ever since they bought a stake in Twitter uh, and have openly... Uh, been about the goal of replacing Dorsey as CEO because he wasn't growing the company as quickly as they wanted. Yeah. Um, And some might say that was because he was perceiving the very simple yet perfect idea of what Twitter
1: actually was. Well, it's like, why does something like Twitter have to grow? Yeah. Like, it's obviously a social network's going to get growth in, like, the first couple of years, but, like, you can't have infinite growth. Yeah, and you, you also
0: can't make it, you can't force it to be something like, that it's
1: not. Twitter's not going to fucking start a metaverse project to compete with Facebook. Like, oh, uh,
0: well, you, you're speaking too soon now you, that Dorsey's out of the picture. You can
1: barely, it, it, even like video hosting, it, posting a video tweet is takes forever. They yeah. had fleets for like a month and they're like, well, no one's using this shit.
0: The funniest, uh, like, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was years ago now, pre pandemic times was uh, one of the Kardashians posted a video to Twitter and was like, this sucks. Look how bad the quality is. I didn't upload it like this. Yeah, no, I have,
1: I have uh, gigabit internet at home and like posting a short video clip to Twitter takes like five minutes. It's, yeah. it's faster to upload an entire episode of this show to YouTube than it is to upload a two-minute shitty clip But
0: Twitter. that's what... That was the charm that Twitter has yeah. had. I yeah, mean, I'm, like, not, I'm not on it anymore, but I I got what it was and I enjoyed it while I was there. It before might be it a shithole, a, but it's my shithole. Exactly, yeah. Now, I, if I even g- glance at Twitter, I have an anxiety attack. Yeah,
1: well, it's like... It's like Facebook sucks for a number of reasons, but it like a, a big one is like every time you go there after being away for a while, it's just like sensory overload. There's so many fucking buttons and things to do. It's like I just want to see... Posts and like, yeah, Twitter, it's like it would ruin the charm if they did that. Kept
0: it simple. Facebook, yeah, Facebook looks ugly as shit. Yeah. It's like they oversimplified it to the point where it became really confusing. But, anyways, maybe Jack got tired of having uh, all of this pressure over his head and he decided that he'd just rather leave on his own terms than be pushed out of the company that he founded. Yeah. Uh, or, as Casey Newton of The Verge argues, Jack might have just kind of been over Twitter. Which is okay. Yeah, sixteen years
1: in involved in this company in some capacity. Yeah, like,
0: yeah. That's it. Should be a siren call to every other CEO billionaire to be. It's fine to just leave. Yeah, he's he's
1: working his ass off at two companies. Meanwhile, all of his friends are starting their own weed brands. Yeah, just,
0: just uh, printing money. You you get one life on this earth, and I I don't understand why people want to spend it. Working all the time nonstop. Yeah. Especially when your product is Facebook. Accumulating more money. And like he...
1: I think Dorsey, he's another guy. I mean, like, obviously he's... He's a billionaire, but like, it seems like he's one of those ones that just like doesn't even know what to do with his fucking money aside from like the
0: basic luxuries you take as a rich guy. That's that's (laughs) the thing is like he was someone who liked to travel and now can't because of pandemic restrictions. So he's probably losing his fucking mind.
1: Well, Yeah, he was uh, another... (laughs) One of the reasons the those, the Elliot group wanted him out was he right before the pandemic hit. He's just like, yeah. So for 2020, I think I'm just going to spend the whole year living in Africa, just because I feel like it. I'll, I'll work remotely from Africa. And they're like, is why? Is this? Is this? Are you doing like research and development? He's like, no, I just feel like living in Africa.
0: And he should be able to do yeah. that if he wants to, I guess. Yeah. But uh, you and the other Elliots had a different idea. I don't think so, Jack. (laughs) Anyways,
1: uh, from that article, uh, another explanation for Jack Dorsey leaving Twitter, which may or may not be related to Elliott Management Corp., is the relative lack of evidence that Jack Dorsey wanted to be CEO of Twitter. It is at least possible he woke up one recent morning and decided he wanted to leave. Here's a story about not really wanting to be CEO. I'm told Dorsey was ambivalent about the company's decision to build Fleets, its ephemeral product that mimics Snapchat stories. But he let the team launch it anyway at the end of last year. A while later, during an all-hands meeting, someone asked what he thought of the product. He basically shrugged, one person told me, quote, It's not my thing. That was the gist. Dorsey's section of the Q&A was immediately followed by the Fleets team presenting their progress. (laughs) When Twitter decided to kill Fleets this year, Dorsey, who may not have ever posted a public fleet, dispatched it with a tweeted waving hand emoji that some internally took to indicate good riddance. There are a lot of Dorsey stories like this. In the areas where he was most focused, product teams could expect lots of time, attention, and valuable feedback. In areas where he was not focused, teams could expect little to no feedback at all. He set the vision and let his deputies handle the rest. This had pros and cons, but it drove a lot of people crazy, particularly when teams were divided on the path forward and he refused to break the tie. He was right. He should have more credit given to him for being right. I don't know. It kind of sucks, but uh, they want us to, like, build the product so this fucking do it.
0: happened so much <laughs> we both have experience where it's just like you you have to do something because it's your job and you look yeah. at them and you go this isn't going to work but we're going to do it anyway because that's what everybody wants yeah and so I, it's usually not the ceo it's, yeah, usually, it's usually
1: backwards <laughs> yeah yeah the ceos being like no you're gonna you're gonna copy snapchat stories and they're like it's not gonna work like no you're gonna do it but here it's Twitter employees being like, we're going to copy Snapchat stories. And Jack's like, okay, seems like
0: like a dumb (laughs) idea to me. we have (laughs) nothing to do. Great, enjoy your time. Sure, whatever. Why aren't you traveling or something? We we got a real cushy gig here. Why are you trying to innovate? Uh, Anyways, that article also has this great line. There's a joke about Dorsey that says everyone at Twitter thought he was working more on Square and everyone at Square thought he was working more on Twitter. This served to elide the question of how much he was working at all. And so that's like with Square, it's like, Cool. You've you've actually reinvented and reinvigorated uh, the archaic payment system that we've been uh, that we've had in, since yeah. the uh, invention of credit cards. You've actually changed something that uh, we didn't know needed to be changed, but yeah. you did it anyway, and you did a great job. What else do you have left to innovate? Oh, nothing. Fine. You've done a great job. Mm-hmm. This is actually worth money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. He did, at the very least, help make Twitter profitable during his tenure and grow its user base. So, again, not nothing. Yeah, he did his job. The flip side of that is that Square's growth in profits and users was much larger during that same period of time. Plus, Jack is a huge crypto guy going back all the way to the early days of Bitcoin. And Square's Cash app has Bitcoin built in and sounds like it'll be leaning into crypto even more going forward. So, it makes sense why he might want to just go and focus on that full time and leave the Twitter shit behind. Again... Cash App was there at the right time. Yeah. Same with Venmo, and it's like, but Venmo doesn't have a big building where gamers make
1: content in it. Well, that's because PayPal bought it. Cash App has. Oh, the Cash App Cash App Compound. Yes. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So, but uh, yeah, the first order of business at Square, for Jack Dorsey, now it's got his, that it's got his full undivided attention. Is apparently changing the name. From square to block. You get it? A block is a three-dimensional square mm. and also a reference to the blockchain.
0: Maybe I'm old internet, but that sounds like you're not wanting to have people around. Block. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, also, I, we have not been paying attention too much
1: to square, but <laughs> they apparently own Title now. I did not know this. They bought Title all the way back in March. Title is... Part of the square, sorry, block uh, umbrella of businesses. And another company under the block umbrella is something called, (laughs) this is literally the name, TBD54566975. Mm. That was announced back in July. Apparently, it'll be something having to do with cryptocurrency and financial services. They've got like a verified Twitter account. The description just says Bitcoin. Okay. And it's a company under Square that Jack Dorsey is apparently really excited about, but they've no one knows what it is yet.
0: Well, TBD. It's gonna be big though. Means to be determined. I know that yeah. much. Yeah,
1: and the number is apparently some weird numerology thing. I yeah. Don't know. Um, so yeah, I guess Jack. I mean, sounds like he's a full-time crypto guy now. Seems seems like a much better fit for him than a social media guru. When he's really doesn't seem to be
0: that much of a social guy. I mean, at least if for some reason it was integrated with twitter title would finally make sense yeah because it would be a the music service for a one of the largest social media platforms on earth yeah playing like,
1: playing titles in in
0: tweets that would be huge yeah I, like it actually makes sense so i mean I, and i'm also you know glad that whoever invested in title initially got at least some of their money back because yeah. of the acquisition so that's that's good right um but look who's gonna run twitter after jack leaves I will run Twitter. (laughs) Uh, Twitter itself will... will, They're going to get Tay to run Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) But actually, in his resignation letter, Jack uh, announced that the new CEO would be Parag Agrawal, a guy who's been at Twitter for a decade and rose through the ranks from engineer to chief technical officer and who has apparently been running a lot of, or doing a lot of Jack's job for a a while already. Yeah, he's basically the second in command. Yeah, and he's also big into crypto. Don't forget that. Oh, thank
1: God. I was worried that Twitter become
0: a a, a huge
1: anti-crypto place now that Jack's
0: leaving. Have no fear, Elliot. He is working tirelessly to integrate blockchain technology into Twitter. So you have nothing to fear. It's going to
1: blow your fucking mind.
0: You you better get that uh, profile picture verified, or you're going to look like a
1: real idiot. These are counterfeit apes. That's not his ape. I am the real ape holder. Arrest
0: this man. This right clicker is going to jail. And I'm sure we'll talk about it, but uh, there is something that could happen on Twitter that could dissuade people from showing pictures they don't own the rights to. But yeah, it doesn't seem like like a whole lot is going to change at Twitter. But um, for some reason, for some reason, Twitter conservatives were, uh, were very freaked out about how Twitter was apparently now going to be shit now that Jack was leaving, uh, as if they, like, loved him while he was there. Yeah, this,
1: this is very strange. Their
0: key piece of evidence uh, was a tweet from 11 years ago. Yeah, already starting off real strong. Now, mm-hmm. uh, here's that tweet
1: from Parag Agrawal, posted in October 2010. If they are not going to make a distinction between Muslims and extremists, then why should I distinguish between white people and racists? Pretty clearly a statement about how both of those things are bad. Mm-hmm. And also, you'll note there are quotation marks around... Uh, the ends of that tweet. That's because he was literally just quoting a segment that aired on that night's episode of The Daily Show. Yeah, this, this is the, the the best thing about Twitter is uh, it's forever. And yeah. uh, some random shit you post 11 years ago, even if watching, you're the new CEO, watching of TV at 11 p.m. Uh, suddenly becomes a a big topic of concern uh, 11 years later when yeah. you're now the CEO of that company. And yeah, it's 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 not even clear that Agrawal is Muslim. In fact, based on where he's from in India, he most likely is not. So yeah, he's clearly just quoting a segment, but that, that didn't stop conservative commentators and even some politicians from quoting that 11-year-old tweet with stuff like this from Senator Marsha Blackburn. This is Parag Agrawal, Twitter's new CEO, and the person who's going to be deciding what kind of speech is allowed on
0: Twitter. Yeah. The so, conservatives, they also got really uh, wound up over comments that Agrawal made in an interview last year where he said, Our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment, but our role is to serve a healthy public conversation. Oh, my God. It, but that's the most bland possible explanation for why social platforms have terms of service. But then again, the idea that the First Amendment only protects people from government censorship is something that these people seem totally incapable of grasping. Um, also, it's just a trigger word for them. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my amendment! Don't, nobody else can use it except mm-hmm. for me. These same people, if
1: you like went outside their house and just were shouting like, I
0: love Satan. Jesus can suck my dick. Mm-hmm. They would get very upset and tell you yeah. to shut up. And... Only for them, not for anyone yeah. else. Yeah. Same with the Second Amendment and everything else. Anyways, uh, I don't know. Don't you people have a bunch of other places to post now? You don't have to worry about this. Yeah. You've solved your own problem. Yeah, why are you still here? Getter, Parler, Gab, plus that Truth app that Trump himself is releasing any day now. You got Frank Speech. Yeah. got them all. And yet, you're still logging on to Twitter to bitch about Twitter. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, the the one thing that... I don't think this. Is, well, not yet. That it's gonna. Oh, have is an, it that right on, to be forgotten thing where? No, well, uh, it's just people can't post photos of you without your permission, or you can be yeah. like, I don't. I don't like this photo because I'm in it. So that's
1: based around EU law. Yeah. Which uh, very interesting sort of trend in tech over the last decade, where EU uh, privacy laws mm-hmm. have kind of just become global privacy laws because the EU is yes. so fucking big that, uh, yeah, it's kind of pointless for apps to go by US rules and EU rules. Yeah. The EU rules, which are more restrictive, are just easier to enforce. But,
0: you know, I'll, yeah. I'll make a prediction. So at someone at some point within the next five years, there's going to be a court case where they plead probably successfully that their NFT avatar is an extension of themselves legally, and so that if anyone else posts it, they are technically posting that person's photo and it has to be removed. The avatar is an extension of myself, just yeah. like all of my other NFTs. It would be as if someone came in to Stuck your home a camera in my house and started taking pictures yeah. of everything to
1: post it all over the internet. Posting my lazy lion without mm-hmm. my permission, that's like, uh, barging it on me when I'm in the dressing room at Target and
0: snapping a bunch of pictures. I am calling it now. It's invasive. Within the next five years, this is going to be a thing, and it, and it probably will they will fucking find, uh, they'll, they'll, uh, the judgment will be in their favor, and Twitter will have to, de- like, delete. If you post someone else's lazy lion, it's like posting a photo of them. It might as well be. It's their digital identity. Yeah. So I, get ready for that. That would be
1: cool. That, then, any, like, footage of Twitter and like uh, la- other people's lazy lines would be all pixelated. Yeah. Like, thank God. I don't have, lo- don't have to look at that shit anymore.
0: Yeah, it would actually have the opposite effect. They'd be like, no! Now no one knows about <laughs> it. It's <laughs> losing <laughs> like, all of value. Would you like to
1: see my NFT? Yeah. Anyways, we've got a little bit more news coming up for you. This is a very slow news week. Thanksgiving and all that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, first, this episode is sponsored by Calm. For this ad break, we want you to take a break. Unclench your jaw. Relax your shoulders. Take a deep breath. Sometimes we all need a reminder to take a little time for ourselves, and Calm can help. Calm is the number one mental wellness app which gives you the tools that improve the way you feel. Clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories.
0: And if you go to calm.com tech, you can get a limited time offer for 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming. And new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. And for our viewers, Calm is offering that special limited-time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com/tech. That is cal dot slash tech for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library, or click the link in the description below. That is calm.com. Slash tech. And this episode is sponsored by Feels. Ooh, we're
1: getting relaxed. Yes. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain, sleeplessness. If you experience any of these things, Feels CBD is a safe and natural solution without any harmful side effects. Feels is a better way to feel better.
0: Feels is a premium CBD that will help you keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free. It's delivered directly to your door. And the CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. There's no hangover or addiction. And we both use Feels for, for back pain, for I got I got tennis elbows. My sciatica. And uh, getting a good night's sleep because yeah. it's hard to shut off. You got you, halos out. Call of Duty's out. Too many games. And you're all hyped up after so many wins, because we all know that you're the best yeah. gamers, and it's hard to go to sleep afterwards. You're all zooted on dubs and exactly. you need to chill out. Uh, so you take some feels and you'll be feeling great. You'll be able to finally get to sleep. Yeah. It, it helps us a ton. Uh, so you know, it'll yeah, work for just you. Just
1: place a few drops of the feels under your tongue, feel the difference within minutes, or check out Feels' new mints if you want the added bonus of fresh breath. On the go. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important, and everyone's dose is different, so Fields offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you find your perfect dose. The Fields customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD.
0: Joining the Fields monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Start feeling better with Fields. Become a member today by going to Fields.com Newsday, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That is F-E-A-L-S dot Newsday to be Become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash newsday.
1: Alright, back to the news now with our next story. Uh, it's an update about Anom, the encrypted phone company used by criminals around the world to do crimes, <laughs> which was actually run by the FBI the whole time and then used to track and prosecute criminals in several countries. It was the ultimate honeypot, uh, basically criminals just sending their correspondence directly to law enforcement while believing that they were actually being super careful and sneaky about it. And it led to more than 800 arrests in 16 countries in a joint operation called Operation Trojan Shield. Even Anon's own employees didn't realize they were actually doing the FBI's job for them. Uh, And if you missed our earlier coverage of this, here's the video from five months ago where we first talked about it. But uh, let's take a look now at a new article from Vice's Motherboard that looks into how Anom operated as a company uh, before the big reveal Whoa!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Videos, files, and other documents obtained by Motherboard lay out the bureaucracy and structure of Anom. When Rhys Kershaw, the Australian Federal Police Commissioner, spoke in a press conference about the operation in June, he said that law enforcement had been running the company. But these documents complicate that narrative and show that the company seemingly operated somewhat autonomously. Quote, We were never told that this project is going to be in the middle of this. One developer who worked for Anom told Motherboard, referring to the secret that the phones sent their messages to the authorities. Motherboard granted the source anonymity to protect them from retaliation. The developer said Anom Management told them that their customers were corporations. Quote, those are our customers. That's what we were told, they said. So that's gotta be a little bit awkward, uh, assuming
1: they're telling the truth, which they, they very well could be. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you, you get hired by a company selling encrypted phones. You just assume they're being used for practical privacy-minded purposes by VIPs at big corporations. And then, uh, whoops, turns out you were actually selling them all to criminal organizations and also unknowingly working for the FBI. Yeah, You might then reasonably fear for your safety. That's the thing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sounds like actually the only person involved in Anom who knew what was actually going on was its creator, a guy who made a deal with the FBI to avoid prison and who had the technical know-how and the existing network of criminal clients to make all this happen. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, everyone else was simply running a phone company with client lists and spreadsheets and reports and customer service and so that's everything else.
0: Now, if you're someone that works at this company, like you kind of have to be like, uh, we had no idea this was happening because now I feel like my life is at risk because I've just sent a bunch of very dangerous people uh, potentially to prison for a very long time. Uh, yeah. Can I have some protection, please, Mr. You, Government? You would, you would hope so. Uh, uh, but back to the article. In all, the documents and other interviews show that Anom operated as a functioning entity in its own right with systems for keeping track of its sales, lists of resellers, and which countries they operated in, and support for helping customers. That is, apart from the secret kept from its staff that the FBI and Australian police were using the system to monitor users. I didn't have any suspicion that it can be used by some organization like the FBI, the developer said. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a little bit of, like, sure you didn't, buddy. Like, yeah, when it comes to specifically what they were creating and deploying, like there had to have at least been just a hint of this might be used for nefarious purposes.
1: Yeah, especially, like, we last time we talked about it, Like I think Motherboard actually got their hands on one of the phones, and it's like, it looks like a real phone, but it's all these dummy icons. You have to click on the alarm clock app to go into, like, the real UI. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot to
0: be said about, you know, doing it because everyone... Should have a a respectable level of yeah. privacy or whatever, but then but, I mean, you and could. And there's another thing where it's just like you kind of you know what you're making the phone. You from. could just as easily believe you're selling this to like
1: the CIA or something.
0: Well, I mean, they almost did. <laughs> it's like one step removed, basically. Yeah.
1: Anyway, meanwhile, the people arrested in Operation Trojan Shield are starting to be prosecuted, and so far, it is not going especially well. Uh, seemingly due to the fact that privacy laws are different depending on the jurisdiction, and in some countries, what the FBI did with Anom might not actually be admissible in court. Well, well. Uh, here's Vice again. On Tuesday, a Finnish court ruled that chat messages secretly gathered by the FBI from encrypted phone company Anom can't be used as evidence against two particular suspects, according to a report from Finnish outlet Il Taleti. Although the ruling only directly addresses the prosecution of two people, the ruling could have a knock-on effect on other prosecutions against other alleged criminals who used Anon phones.
0: It continues, the specific ruling centers around Finnish rapper Vil Vertanen, who allegedly planned to give 10,000 euros to a drug dealer in Spain, and Kali Kalanen charged with money laundering. Vertanen's defense argued that the Anon messages were acquired via a secret coercive measure under Finnish law, according to the Italti report. Uh, the use of that sort of information requires the most severe sentence for the particular offense to be at least three years imprisonment. But the maximum penalty for money laundering in Finland is two years, the report adds. The district court found that the Anon messages had been obtained illegally from the individuals in Finland and Spain, and the correct permits required for the surveillance were not applied for, it reads. The prosecutor said he will appeal the ruling, the report adds.
1: So, yeah, apparently under Finnish law, the methods that law enforcement are allowed to use to investigate crimes are different depending on how serious the crime is. And this kind of surveillance was found to be too invasive for crimes like drug dealing and money laundering. Also, this kind of surveillance in a lot of places, not the, not the kind of thing you can just do and then ask for permission uh, afterwards. Oh, but, uh... you were spying on our citizens? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if anything like this comes up in any of the other 15 or so countries that will be prosecuting these cases. And there there's apparently hundreds of cases. But uh, hopefully at least with the people at like the top of the chain in these criminal organizations, the ones making all the money and pulling all the levers, hopefully yeah. they're able to get some charges that stick. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty big pretty big plot hole in this whole plan, FBI, is uh, if you're doing surveillance that uh, it's Illegal in a lot of the countries where these criminals
0: are. Oh, well, FBI loves paperwork. They do love paperwork. Anyways, uh, yeah, this was a particularly slow news week for tech due to the Thanksgiving holiday weekend and the Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales that dominated. I didn't buy anything this year. Oh wait, no, I
1: did. I bought I gifts for my wife. I bought three video games on the Epic Game Store. I bought gifts for
0: my wife because they were on sale. I bought a race car bed. <laughs> Well, I bought gifts for my wife. (laughs) Uh, But uh, here's some product news that may interest you. A Nintendo Switch with a huge fucking screen. It's called Orion, and it recently got successfully backed on the crowdfunding website Indiegogo, though it apparently only took 285 people backing it for it to head to production. And it's not actually a Switch with a huge screen, but rather a kind of hilarious use of the Switch's docking capability that's usually used to play Switch games on a TV. In this case, the dock itself has a screen on it. So you're tucking your actual Switch tablet into a second, much larger tablet, which you then attach Joy-Cons to.
1: I love playing video games. Yeah, so Orion's screen is 11.6 inches and 1080p compared to the 6.2-inch 720p screen on the standard Switch. So that is significantly larger, nearly four times larger. Uh, And it's also an LCD screen, so if you have the newer OLED Switch, you'll be making... A bit of a trade-off between screen size and screen quality. Um, Also, this bigger screen needs its own power source, obviously, so you will have to either plug it into the wall, which defeats the whole purpose of this mobile device. 42 AAA batteries. Or you can attach a big power brick, Ah. a USB power brick to the back of it with the uh, included Velcro straps designed for specifically doing that. So you've got your screen with the switch tucked behind that, and then a big fucking battery tucked behind that. You've got, you're working with something here.
0: Yeah, no, you're going you're gonna to get fucking swole playing this thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, it's going to cost around $300, which is the same price as the standard switch. But you need the so, standard switch. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's an absurd product that solves a problem no one really had Uh but still very cool, and I love products like this. Yes. Like the like the monitor last week that's uh, just long monitor.
0: Mm-hmm. No one needs this, but I love it. Someone out there is really going to love this product. Someone. Yeah. And, or in this case, 200 people. And most importantly, the Orion Switch uh,
1: big screen, it's a real conversation starter. If someone sees you out in public gaming on your big screen Switch, they're going to know they're dealing with a real gamer. Yeah, Not some fucking poser tryhard.
0: They're dealing with Someone who is elite, you are going to be. You're going to be asserting dominance on the plane when you pull this thing out of your backpack. You, you have to manspread. Yeah, to play this, you literally can't. You can't squeeze in. It's too big. Yeah, I'll be. Uh, actually, I'm going to spring uh, the extra two thousand dollars for the first class seat so I can play my outrageously large Switch with yeah. uh, no issues. Uh, no, I love this. It's. Uh, they should redo the commercial where uh, the person brings their Switch over to the party on the roof. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> <clears throat> <sighs>
1: And and depending on the size of your Jenkos, you could still fit this in your pocket. Yeah,
0: yeah, maybe. So there you go. They need to make an actual like carrying case for it that looks like you're carrying around like a uh, an assault rifle. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a little uh, fiberglass uh, yeah briefcase that looks like it might transform into. a Put gun. it on
0: wheels too, so yeah. you can drag it around. Mm-hmm. That's just my switch. You guys want to play Overcooked? Well, I only have, I I know I have a 50,000 milliamp uh, portable battery in the back, but we only got about five minutes on this thing.
1: Every year or so, someone builds a top-of-the-line gaming PC into a, like, metal Pelican, or like a Pelican case or something, Mm -hmm. and it's always just the funniest fucking thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it weighs, like, 30 pounds, and, uh, yeah, it's completely impractical, but, yes, that is a uh, GTX uh, 3090 in there, and a uh, 1440p... uh, 60 hertz or 120 hertz screen. Um game anywhere you want. You just have to carry around this big fucking briefcase with you anywhere you want to do it.
0: I like it. Yeah. I like when people get it. I'm up. glad
1: it exists. Exactly.
0: Um
1: anyway, yeah, that's, that's it. our show.
0: Yeah, sorry, it's um you know, it's December. Hopefully nothing happens this month. It's looking like Omicron is not going to completely destroy the planet. I mean, it's already but, in the US. Well, yeah, we we said that last week though. We we're like Oh, hey! New variant is dropped, and they're saying that it might get get. No, it's already here. It's already yeah, here. Yeah, it's
1: absolutely. It's this every variant. They're like they announce it, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll see. It's like. If it's big enough that people detected it in another country, yeah, it's already fucking here.
0: Also, South Africa really got the short end of the yeah, stick with they, this because <laughs> they're they're just the ones who discovered and yeah. like told everyone about it. That's and really And the whole world's up.
1: like, eh, they're like, hey guys, I, our our top line like virologists uh, here in South Africa, the country that uh, deals with AIDS the most, so we have a lot of virologists. We we found something you're gonna want to check out, and they're like. Ew! South Africa's got a new variant. Yeah, it really disincentivizes. Way to uh, go, guys!
0: Disincentivizes any other country for bringing up something more severe in the future. Yeah. Like, like imagine like Holland is like, oh, we've got we found something that's actually like r- a lot more deadly and easier to spread. But if we tell people, no one's gonna come see the Rembrandt Museum. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I hadn't thought of that, but uh...
0: how are we gonna sell all these wheels of cheese if we uh, get shut down by the rest of the world? Yeah. So, uh, so far looking, I mean, it's obviously bad that variants are still happening and that we're still not back to normal after two fucking years, but at least it's not as, it looks like it's not going to be as bad as it possibly it is. It is
1: fucked up that the, the travel restrictions, at least initially, maybe, maybe they're going to change, but uh, the initial travel restrictions, are just like Southern Africa, stay the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, but like you know Europe yeah keep come on over yeah, no the problem. same fucking thing with like early COVID where like all the cases in the US came from Italy yeah or most of them did early on
0: you know <laughs> it, it really sucks too because like the fact of the matter is, is it was probably here at some point outside of the uh, first person identified but like imagine being the person in San Francisco that was like identified as mm-hmm. patient zero for this variant in the US and just like having to live with that, even though it's probably not true, but just like, if it was bad, like there was a guy who was like called out in New York in the early I days as like patient zero for New York and it's like, you have all of that on you even though it's almost certainly not true and no one would ever know who the actual first person was. I think the first person with this Omicron was
1: like a guy that went to a anime convention. Like they, they contact traced like, if you went to this anime convention last B-anime. week, yeah, if you went to this anime convention last week, by the way, the, the one guy in America with the variant was just getting it all over the rest of you, so yeah. uh, just a heads up. Also, anime is banned now.
0: Yes. If you see anyone reading manga on the streets, yeah. contact Stay the authorities.
1: Away. Stay away. It's disgusting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's it for uh, Tech News Day this week. Be sure to watch our most recent episodes. Uh, we got a bunch of people that got frozen into a pub. Uh, but luckily, they had an Oasis cover band to keep them company. Said maybe. Apparently, this happens at that pub like once a year. Like I looked back, and it was like, uh, like this uh, soccer team stuck in the pub two days this time. Uh, we also have another story about a uh, Turkish dog who got falsely accused falsely accused of a crime framed. And you hate to see it. Check yeah. both of those out. Leave likes all over the place. Yeah. Subscribe to the channel, and uh, we'll see you soon.
1: Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.